0: Welcome back, you are now listening to Focus. I'm Ron Sisko, you knew that. And uh, today, the topic of interest today came, came from something I did yesterday. I woke up at about four o'clock in the morning and was inspired to record the sunrise. Uh, my wife and I, in case you didn't know, we travel across the country in an RV and I um, I do a lot of things, none of them are work, but but I kind of, you know, I have side projects. And one of them is to try to keep up on our travels and, and share those things with you. We are on, um, we're in a town. It's beautiful. The town isn't beautiful. Let me rephrase that. We are outside of a town and where we are staying is beautiful. We're about a half an hour away from um, the great sand dunes in Colorado. and And we're off the side of a mountain. Uh, a couple miles off the side of the mountain, and it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Every time I look at the mountain, every time we come back out of the town and we make the corner and I get to see the mountain again, it's breathtaking. And so yesterday, waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning for some godforsaken reason, I felt the need to to record it. We have a few cameras. Nothing, nothing really um, incredibly technical. It was really wet, so I was a little bit worried about putting... Um, our expensive Sam's, uh, excuse me Sony camera out there so we have a GoPro a 360 GoPro that I use to rec- record the sunrise and um, that that just so that I wouldn't have to position it and so I wouldn't miss the magic moment and uh, it turns out when you do a uh, time-lapse with a GoPro the, the battery lasts forever I got like four hours of footage it was amazing I condensed a lot of that footage down to 4 minutes and 30 seconds just about and then i found a lovely piece of piano music to accompany it because there's no sound that comes with the time lapse footage and um and it, i guess the process of that kind of inspires this podcast the pot, the process of of recording that and it's not because i captured some beautiful sunrise it's actually the opposite of that sitting next to this mountain i felt i felt it necessary to pay tribute to that but but at the same time i also felt it was important to honor the moment the way it happened. It's important to frame this um, waking up at four o'clock in the morning and not knowing what to do with yourself isn't a common occurrence for me. I like to sleep in i generally speaking will wake up around nine o'clock in the morning, which is normal, I think for most people maybe maybe just me i don't know but but the sunrise it was my goal, and I knew that um, it wasn't about 4 o'clock. Well, I mean, I didn't go outside about 4 o'clock. I waited till about 6.15 and then started stacking equipment and it was still pretty dark out. Sunrise was about 6.50 and it wasn't until about 6.30 that I could see there would be a problem. If you've ever watched the movie Tombstone starring Kurt Russell, you probably are familiar with a quote at the end of the movie. He asks his new wife, girlfriend, what, whatever she is, he asks her, you ever see the sun come up over the Rockies? It hits all of a sudden, and below there's California, and you swear you're looking at heaven. And it's an apt quote, because I don't know if you've ever seen a sun rise over, uh, over mountains, but the mountains conceal the sun. And before the sun makes its appearance, what you see is is the rays and the glow of the sun making its way over a horizon, and so the the backs of the sun's backlit uh, the mountains, and the mountains uh, have this pink backdrop, and then suddenly the sun explodes over them. It's not like when you watch the sun come over over a, a standard um, prairie or or just you know a regular horizon like a lake or something. It just there's the sun, and here's the light, and everything's beautiful anyway, but the way it, it does it over in the mountains is just dramatic and beautiful, and that's part of what I wanted to, uh, to, to capture. Right around 6.30 in the morning, I find out, much to my dismay, as the sun begins to break the horizon, that the, uh, the mountain in front of me is covered in clouds. It's I, I've never seen anything like it. It was gorgeous, but it's not a sunrise, but it's gorgeous. And I I came to the realization that even though what I wanted was a sunrise exploding over a mountain range, the moment that I captured was more honest and more realistic, and in my mind, because of those things, more beautiful. What I was sharing with you is not optimal, but it's what I experienced. It's what I woke up for. Anyone who, who might be a student of photography is definitely familiar with the, um, the, the thought process behind framing a photo. The idea is the same with photography, video, shooting. Obviously, you know, it's the same um, realm, but, but the thought process is the same. You know when something is going to happen, especially we're going to shoot in nature. Um, there's a cycle, and it doesn't matter. If you see a beautiful bird, and you miss the beautiful bird with your camera... Just wait. That patience pays off. The bird will be back. Nature comes in cycles, and the reason the bird was there in the first place is because he's been there before. Photographing people are the same way. It's it's not it's not It's not exactly the same, but but people have patterns, people have cycles, and you can you can get a reaction out of a person pretty much in the same way over and over again if you know how to, to kind of trigger that, I guess. One of the hardest things in portrait photography, which is something that I got very interested in briefly, uh, is to get someone to look natural. One of the, the hardest parts about um, that, that, that realm of photography is that as soon as the subject becomes self-aware, it's difficult to get like a real expression. We've been trained by our parents And their, their, um, God, all of their siblings or extended family that every time we see a camera, we're supposed to look at the camera and we're supposed to smile. And you're not always looking for a candid portrait. I mean, for the most part, you're going to take more than just one photo, but more than likely you're going to want to capture a photo at some point of that person in their natural state. If you're working with a professional model, more than likely you're not going to have much of an issue getting the look you want because that person is hired for a specific look. They know how to make that look, whether it's Cold Steel or Le Tigre. Cold Steel, Blue Steel, whatever. Uh, I, ru- I ruined the joke. But in my experience, when I was doing portrait photography of people that I knew or even people that I didn't know who, whom I was interested in, in taking photos of, uh, the biggest secret to me to getting someone to 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 appear real is to engage them in a, in a conversation you would you would talk to them and uh and have a, a few questions about life make a few jokes uh, dirty jokes were great although they're a little risque now um but but you you would engage them as a human being and realize that that the the camera is is a, a barrier between you and that experience and in that same way the camera uh, with with uh, the experience that i had with the sunrise was kind of a barrier in my experience instead of being able to directly enjoy the sunrise i was worried about directly capturing the sunrise that often happens when when you put any sort of recording device in between you and an experience that'll that'll change the nature of of how you enjoy something uh, we do that with food. We do that with nature. We do that with people. I, you know, how often do you see people out having a great time and then in that moment somebody says, oh, let me get a picture of that. And then they, you know, everybody's poses to take a selfie and everybody's got their cheesy smile and everybody knows what side of their face they're going to present to the camera or, you know, even in a podcast, one of the things that I wanted to avoid with a podcast is to have two talking heads ramble on week after week because I was not good at that. That the introduction of recording something would change something. I used to um, have some friends who ran a podcast, and I'm not criticizing them for this, but it was actually very interesting because every time we got together, either on Discord to play a game or just or just to have a conversation and you know catch up with each other we had such interesting conversations or they would also have interesting conversations i would just you know sit in and listen and and they were they were actually very entertaining to listen to and it was great discourse and there was debates and disagreements and it was a natural ebb and flow to the conversation and they had this great idea hey let's record this and without me i'm not i'm not saying that i was involved in this um and i'm not saying that they weren't successful because i wasn't there so please don't take it that way but the minute they started recording the conversation just didn't have the same rhythm every everybody was now acutely aware of the fact that they were being recorded and when you when you know you're being recorded you definitely act differently i know that a lot of people who are interested in acting end up with the same problem not just from a voice acting standpoint but definitely from from being on camera as 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 far as people go, everyone has a very natural way of acting. And nobody, like, you'd never walk to somebody in the street and say, wow, I think you'd be a terrible actor. Because they're not acting, they're just being themselves. And then you put them in front of a camera, and they can't stop looking at the camera. They have to be trained not to look at the camera. They have to be trained to move around the camera. They have to be trained to, to dance in a certain way, to hit their marks. They have to, There's so much that goes into film and TV acting that, that we just don't see. Because it's, it's just, it's so natural for the people who do it. And for the people who don't do it well, it becomes so apparent. Because when the people who are doing it around them are good at it, it's jarring when a person is doing it wrong. And sometimes that's on purpose. And on that same note, when everyone is doing it poorly, it becomes very amateur, it, it looks cheap. I used to know a woman who had trained her son to, uh, to look and smile at the camera every time he, somebody pulled a phone out because phones were the new cameras, are the new cameras. Everyone has them, so that's what everyone uses now. And every time someone would pull out a phone in a manner that would suggest that his picture was being taken, he had been conditioned, through the use of treats, I'm sure, to, uh, to look and smile as widely as possible, even if he was crying, he would turn around and smile as widely as possible. In its own way, it was adorable, but it also meant that you could never get a photo of him just playing or having fun or doing something naturally. As soon as he was aware that there was a camera there, he would turn and smile. In the same way that I don't want to capture just a a big hearty smile, I I want to capture someone's natural smile in the same way that I want to capture nature as it happens, in the same way that when we're acting, we don't want to appear wooden. We don't want to appear that we're rehearsing. We want to appear that whatever's happening is a natural reaction to whatever's happening. I looked at my clouds and I said, this is what is happening. This is what I capture and this is what I will share. I was actually, um, I was in, in, in uh, Colorado I think it was last year. It might have been the year before. I'm a little bit iffy on my timelines. But I remember we went to the Garden of the Gods. So I think that was last year. And uh, and there's this giant rock that everyone seems to pose on pictures for. Um, and And I remember <laughs> as we were approaching the rock, this woman started freaking out and ordering people off the rock because she wanted to have a picture of herself... With the rock, and that was it no no one else and and that that just really spoke to me. It was one of those moments that that was really defining to me about how I look at how i I view the world in photos and it's the same way that uh, if you ever go to ice iceland and and stay at the blue lagoon for a couple of hours and realize that it's a giant swimming pool and you wonder. How the hell it is that models can be pictured by this gorgeous-looking water all alone in a swimming pool-looking area that they had paid thousands of dollars to stay at the private r- resort spa nearby and not at the standard Blue Lagoon. So much production goes into creating a photo that has been done over and over again. And while it may not be special to take your photo At the Blue Lagoon with hundreds of people it will be the only photo just like that the woman who ordered everyone off that rock now has a photo of herself with I think I think I still managed to be in that picture like a jerk but now has a photo of this this rock it's a rock and I guarantee they didn't take a good photo of it I I watched them take the photo it probably wasn't a good one. And she very easily could have just stood a picture, stood for a picture outside of a green screen and, and inserted herself into any other photo of that rock. Thousands of people before her, if not thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people before her have taken pictures of that rock with no one there. But when you take a photo with that rock with all of the people who were there that day, In that moment, that's the only photo of that that exists. It's unique. It's special. And it may not be private and perfect. It's what happened that moment. I think if you listen to a lot of my podcasts, you'll realize that I have, um, I guess, I guess a little bit of animosity towards Instagram culture. And it's because we spend so much time looking at how we can present something to other people but it's not a realistic depiction of that experience. It doesn't belong on Instagram as your experience because it looks exactly the same as everyone else's experience. So how can we define that as the moment that you were there? And it's it's one of those situations, like the woman in the rock, that that really created my, my I, I guess, awareness. It wasn't that I was suddenly... Uh, angry about this, but I I was fun, finally aware of the fact that I was annoyed by how generic everything is, how overproduced everything is, how perfect. And that's the problem, isn't it? We always expect perfect. We always walk into situations looking for perfect. And in the same way that I was kind of annoyed that that I wasn't getting a perfect sunset, that that I had a telephone pole pole sitting directly in the way of of this, um, of this sunrise, not sunset. See, I'm not going to delete that. I'm going to leave that in. Um, that, that there was definitely a moment where I was disappointed that it wasn't perfect. But again, this one is mine. And and looking back on that, I now have a video, uh, a time-lapse video of The sun coming over the clouds, created by the mountains, in a configuration that no one will ever, ever be able to reproduce. And isn't that perfect? Focus is a Patreon-supported podcast. I want to thank you so much for still listening to me rants, especially. But it's like I have a, a a thing against Instagram or something. But thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. It really does. Looking back on the numbers week to week it's always kind of interesting to see what seems to resonate with people and what doesn't. Um, I, I seem to have a pretty standard, uh, I, I don't want to say standard. Uh, I, I would say a consistent listenership and that there are little spikes based on, um, what, what you may have been interested in sharing. And I, I appreciate that so much that, that you're willing to share those things. Uh, just the same. And I say that a lot, just the same. Uh, we are supported by Patreon if you're interested in supporting us, you could always go to the website, Um You can also email me at ron at focusbysisco.com in case you're interested in, in uh, talking about anything I might have said here, uh, debating it, tell me I'm wrong, whatever you're interested in. But, oh, and there's there's my cat scratching his collar. That's wonderful. Thank you. I want to thank my Patreon supporters, Anastasia Bueverhausen, Vigilanthe the White Prince, and Enrique Ramos, thank you so much for the support. It really means so much to me that after all this time, I, I still have you. I hope, you're, I hope you're enjoying the content, and, the, and that I hope, I hope if, if you don't agree with me that at least you're thinking about how you feel. I'll see you when the plot requires it. If you decide to share this with someone, I hope you do it because it meant something to you and not because you think they should hear it. Until next time,